Welcome, everybody, to the Four Tales podcast. I am your host, Kyron Silva, along with the purple-clad warrior, Danny J. Quick. How you doing? It's today? your boy in the building, Danny J. Quick. I, you know, you know me, man. I'm always got some purple somewhere, um, whether you can see it or not. Well, I mean, if you do happen to go onto our Patreon and become a Patreon subscriber with the video feed, you will notice that Danny's entire back wall is covered in purple, just like Ace Blade. So if you want to see some behind-the-scenes things, go on to our Patreon.com uh, slash 4 podcast and join up, see what all the fun's about. But why you are here today is not for Danny's lovely wall. It is to find some of the amazing, the greatest, the best comic book creators in the world. And you know what? That's what we're here for every week. You know, We want to bring you new things. We want to bring you fun and exciting things, but we do have some things from last week we need to go over. So first thing we want to go over is these poll results. And um, again, for a second week in a row, my poll choice has lost to Danny's with, I, I, I just, I can't believe this, but somehow Donatella was named the best Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And it wasn't really close again. Because it's I mean, facts, man. It's facts. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in the people out there. So, like I said last week, if you didn't vote for Leonardo, please stop listening to this podcast. We don't want Leonardo, you. Leonardo Leonardo is the worst Ninja Turtle, bro. We're not going to argue before we bring our esteemed guests on. But Leonardo is is the blandest ninja turtle there is so why why would he be the best in any case like he's just the standard he's just like i have to be here so that the rest of the turtles can be great because he's the leader he follows them because they know he's the best yeah he does everything by the book but he is the best ask ask Raphael. ask Raphael if he's the best uh (laughs) at the end of the day Raphael still listens to him so i don't know what you're talking about okay all right right. (laughs) all right so, all right. So let me ask you then, because I, I asked for your help on this one. Did you come up with another poll for next week? Um, I want to I want to do something with Loki. I figure since okay. uh, since Loki is coming up, we should do something with Loki. Um, have uh, have you seen the, the first issue yet before I spoil anything? Uh, the episode? Yeah, I saw it. First episode. Yeah. yeah. OK. Um, but we should we should ask, you know, do people think, you know, Loki's going to last this whole season? Because uh this might, I think it might be the farewell of, of this version of Loki anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think we should ask if people think, you know, he'll make it through a whole season. So are we talking about like the comics version where Loki gets reincarnated as a, a young teen or, or are you um, thinking something I'm thinking, else completely? Or, you know, what would be even better if we ask what people, what iteration of Loki we think we'll have at the end. Because we could have uh, what um, Lady Loki. Would be cool. I think it's gonna be Lady Loki. We got um preteen Loki. And um, you know, there's a couple of couple of versions of Loki that could come out of this. So okay. all right. Well, that's gonna be our poll for this week, you guys. So if you want to go onto our Twitter page after you hear this episode, and the poll will be will Loki survive the full season of his miniseries on Disney Plus? Are we gonna get sued for saying Disney Plus or Loki? I guess we'll see. All right. You're you're paying for it, so it doesn't matter to me. 
<laughs> I pay for everything, don't I? Yeah. Yeah. That was the that was the deal. That was the contract I signed. <laughs> I gotta review that contract. All right. Well, enough with that. Then let's get into why most people are here and ask for our esteemed guests. Um, you know, I'm excited about this guy because you know what? This is a and it's I don't even know how to say it. He's so renowned. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. Um, he is the founder of Freestyle Comics. One half of the good, the bad, the nerdy, a.k.a. the super mad brother, and the most enthusiastic person in comics. The host of Chat and Draw, Michael Watson. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Watson in the building. What's up? What's up? How, how you doing? I'm right. Did I do that okay? Like, was that perfect? Oh. I mean, I know I'm off, but I want to make sure I got that, that intro dress right for you. Hey, I, I feel good. You know, I feel like the carpet was laid down. I feel like the roses were thrown up into the air. You know, there you go. I feel like I was done right. Well, thank you for having on or having. Wow. Let's start that thank over again. Thank you for us. being on. It's been a long 48 hours. everybody. <laughs> it's been a long 48 hours. Uh, but thank you for coming on to our show. Um, and I know we're here to talk about your Kickstarter, which is doing fantastic right now. Hot Shot Collection, right? Uh, yeah. We want to talk about other things besides that before we get into Hot Shot. So um, first thing, what comic did you read this week that wasn't Hot Shot? And specifically, if you haven't listened to our podcast before, Danny and I have advocated for people to start reading comics on the toilet instead of taking your phone in there. So if you took a comic into the bathroom with you, what comic did you read this week? Uh. Well, I got a couple books in on Kickstarter. Uh, uh, so I got a Voyage. Okay. Got this guy in. Ooh, nice. And then, um, and then I got my copy of they call her the Dancer. Oh, okay. There you go. Too. There you go. Uh, I got one too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, that's my that's my read for this week. I'll definitely be reading that one this week. Yeah, it got upgraded with the colors, uh, oh, the glossy cover and stuff like that. Uh, so this is a uh, this is actually my favorite book that Cat does. Cat does a few different books, and uh, that's my favorite one she does. And uh, that's what I had to read this week. If those just came in actually uh, a couple days ago, and then of course I read I. I read my um my Hero Academia, latest issue. Nice, nice. What I, are they up to? What are they up to now? Like twenty four, twenty five? Uh, three hundred. Wait, what? Huh? I'm confused. Read volumes or? Oh, I, yeah, I'm reading the manga. Okay, they got uh. Hey, I I need to catch up because uh, I'm watching the I'm watching the anime, but I don't want to read too far ahead. My daughter reads all the manga. But, uh, I, I don't want to get too far ahead because I really like the anime. So I ain't got no problem that the cartoon take too long to come out. I'm I'm all in. Wait, Danny, aren't you like team spoiler and all that? Anyways, I am, but I like it so much that I'm willing to wait for this one. Mm-hmm. He's all like, I'm team spoiler asterisk, <laughs> except for the stuff I really like. Yeah. <laughs> except for the stuff that I enjoy. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to ruin that stuff. Yeah, you know. I found myself rereading um, Invincible and realizing again how amazing that comic book series is it, it is yeah. all right man all right Danny, what about you 
What do you read I on the toilet? With y'all, man, because uh, I never read Invincible until um I I have the I have the trades. I have like the first I want to say the three collector trades, but I haven't read them. And um I remember you and um not uh who was it uh Charlie when y'all were talking about Invincible last week Charlie Charlie McKelvey when y'all were talking about um Invincible and uh you've been a proponent of Invincible for a long time and I just you know I haven't gotten around to it I I got it I got it late. So, you know, I was already behind and I'm, I'm going to have to get into that. But this week I read, um, I got Charles Simpson's book, Zero Gravity, uh, that, that, I, that came in from the Kickstarter. And I read that one while I was sitting on the toilet one day. Like I literally got off of work, checked my mailbox. It was in the mailbox. I opened it, said, oh, Zero Gravity. I have to use the bathroom. Let me go into the house, down to the, downstairs to the toilet. I opened it up. And I read the book while I was on the toilet. And it was like, great. Instead of, I am I think this is a mental health thing. Like, y'all know me. I was late this morning because I have PTSD, you know, sometimes. And sometimes I struggle with my timeliness. But I think that reading comics on the toilet is going to help me with my mental health. So I'm going to start doing it more often. I, I mean, I've been advocating it for years. You know, it, it releases some stress. It takes you away from all the hectic part of your life and just allows you to just focus on what's ahead of you. So I I love it. Yeah. And I sit all on right. the toilet too long when I'm on my phone. Like I, I'll sit on the toilet for 20 minutes. Wow. I don't have to if I have my phone in there. So I need to stop that. But yeah. um, Zero Gravity was a good book. It was uh, it, the colors on it were amazing. Like they, they introduced some some cool looking characters in there. Um, you know, they didn't get much to much of the story. It was much a bit, it was pretty much a big brawl. Um, but they, uh, you know, they introduced some cool looking characters so you can at least get a look at their powers and stuff like that. But the, um, the art and the colors were spectacular. Absolutely great. And the lettering was really good on it too. So I'll, I'll definitely be che- checking that out in the future. What about you, Karen? Well, what I read is something that is an award-winning book. Um, it's an anthology. And it's something that all three of us contributed to. And that was Cthulhu Invades Oz. <laughs> now, Michael, you can now add this, that you are an award-winning artist. Because this won Best Anthology for 2020 from the Comic Book Burrito Group. Ah. So we are now all award-winning creators because we all contributed at least one page. Hey, I'm in there. I was, they added me on at the end, but I, but I got in there. <laughs> yeah, I was a surprised when I saw you on that byline saying written by Danny. I was like, wait, what? I don't remember him at any of the uh the group meetings at chess. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't. It just so happens Mike Mike actually put me on. They were they were looking, I think Travis was looking for somebody to do a couple uh pages there. And uh Mike was like, Oh, let me see if Danny's available. Just I guess I just happened to be on his brain that day, and I'm glad that he did because I'm definitely putting that in my in my TikTok byline now, award winning comic book writer <laughs> yeah i mean i did it i put it like when i first found out about it a few months ago so you know but it's actually a really good book i was i was i was very pleased on at least my portion of it um this is probably one of my best artwork to date and there was a lot of good stories in here that i, I didn't get a chance to read everything when we were going through production so when i finally got the book i sat down and summer read it and i think i read it in two sittings on the toilet so it was really good it was really good and if you're out there uh check it out it's called cthulhu invades odds it's literally exactly what the title says the demon god cthulhu comes and invades odds and 
what it is is, is now different parts of Oz, different characters, and they're they're uh, they're part of the story of how Cthulhu invades their portion of Oz. So check it out from uh, Orange Clones Productions. But now let's get to the meat of this, and that is Michael Watson's Hot Shot. So for anybody that hasn't actually read your book before, Michael, tell us what Hot Shot is all about. Oh, well, um, Hot Shot's about a young man trying to win back his girlfriend and prove to her that he was not cheating on her without revealing he's a superhero while not getting kicked out of college because he's never there because he is a superhero. So he's got a lot that he's juggling on his plate. Uh, we're 10 issues in on it. Uh, we're collecting the first uh, 10 issues in the two trades, volume one and volume two, collecting issues one through four and five through eight. Uh, issue zero is going to be lettered with um, uh, because that was a silent issue as one of the bonuses were put on there. Uh, issue nine being the most recent issue you can add on. And uh, courtesy of Victor Dandridge, we re-lettered the first issue of Hot Shot uh, for this uh, Kickstarter as well. So nice little tweaks and edits uh, for, for new and old fans. I love it. Um, why does Why does... Uh, Hotshot even want Carla back. Like, I know people, the people who know us, the three of us, or at least the two of us, know that I hate Carla. I don't know why Carla even deserves Hotshot. I saw Danny Cooper post the other day. He doesn't, he doesn't, she, she doesn't deserve him. Hotshot is out here saving lives. He's out here, they gonna you risk can't. his life fighting Void. Have y'all seen Void? Have you seen what Void can do to people? He out here crushing whole armies. Like, he's over here destroying, destroying whole, almost states. The whole state of Dangon, <laughs> Ohio, out here Dangon. And you can't, and you can't give this man a pass because he out here saving lives? Okay, he didn't text you back. He didn't let you know where he was. Cool. I, I get you, Carla. I understand. But get a man a break. Why does he even want her back? You can't no. say Dango anymore on this episode, just so you know. Already, how many, was that 10? Was that my 10 yeah. Dango quota? Okay, yeah. That, that was your quota. Hey, what's so funny is, is that Dingy Quick says, why doesn't she give him a break? And she did. Issue 7, she gave him a break. They stayed together. They were going to work it out. Your man was supposed to be out with her and... Yes, something came up. He had to fight a whole woman that makes dragons. Something kind of important. It's kind of important. He ended up another superhero. That's cool. But after the fight was finished, he went to go get coffee and drinks with the sexy Dinah girl while his girlfriend's back at the dorm waiting for him. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that's what we're talking about. I'm mm-hmm. not saying call and text me while you're fighting dragons. Because, you know, I know you're a superhero now. I'm cool with that. But you can, a, you can have a lot of spoilers here, though, man. We want people no, to read the book. I, I, want, I, want them to read, I want them to read the drama. That's what we're bringing them in for. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you out here stopping at Starbucks, sipping on a juice box, walking out, getting the paparazzi, getting you all pictures, and Carla's back at the dorm looking like Bobo the Fool. That's I think that's what it was right there. It was the, the pictures. He was the pictures caught her off guard. Cool. Now I know, and I've been married to my lovely wife for 10 for 15 years now, right? And I know that if I got caught by pictures out drinking coffee with some other woman, 
it would be trouble. It would absolutely be trouble, especially when she's not aware of it. Cool. I get that. Yeah, that woman's wearing Daisy Dukes for a superhero costume. Hey, absolutely. It's a wrap for me. <laughs> it's a wrap for your boy at that point. I get you on that. But my thing is, is if my memory serves me correct, he's trying to help her get back home. Like at that point, he's like, yo, yo, let's let me figure out how I can help the situation so we don't get this dragon thing happening again. So mm-hmm. that's not the point, though. <laughs> exactly. About his job. I mean, come on. He got his girl waiting. Okay. He can't well, then at that point, walk out of Starbucks with a juice box. <laughs> Chilling. Just sipping it like, yeah. Like he got no care in the world. <laughs> not a care in the world. I'm not, hey, I'm not saying that that uh, Michael Watson, a.k.a. Hotshot, is a perfect person. I'm <laughs> just saying that with weight, with great power comes great girlfriend responsibility. So you got to take them lumps sometimes. As the as the uh, girlfriend to a superhero or the boyfriend, you know, in the case, you got to take them lumps sometimes, and you just got to understand. Since you just got to understand, well, I'm just saying, man, it's, it's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel back. She was willing to work it out. She was willing to understand me as a superhero, but my boy out there with you know one of you know uh, Carrie Kelly designed a super dope character that's also mm-hmm. uh, you know super hot mom. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hot shots out here drinking juice boxes and kicking juice it on box. Statue of Liberty. And uh, you know, that that was it. And and I can see if it was a even if it was a guy, maybe it wouldn't have been so bad. But I mean, we've all seen Dinah Girl. <laughs> it was the juice box. We're gonna blame it on the juice box. We're gonna say blame it on the juice. <laughs> that was my favorite panel to draw in that issue too. When my man was sipping on that juice box, I'm like, oh, you about to be in so much trouble, boy. <laughs> I hope that juice box is good. He looks so casual. He like, looks was like that juice worth it? <laughs> Love it. All right, so how much of Hot Shot is based off of uh, <clears throat> personal experience? Like, uh, Honestly, but just mainly the foundation of Hot Shot, really. Um, probably about 30, 35% of stuff that happened to me in college um, will... We'll use the uh, the core of it and then expand on it. Um, um, like uh, the new the new story arc I'm doing right now, which is this, that would be in uh, 10, 11, 12, and 13, is um, actually based off a situation in my childhood. And um, I don't have any uh, qualms talking about it or whatever, because I, I talked to my mom about it before I did it. Uh, so it will <clears throat> it will be exploring, you know, um, spousal abuse um, and, you know, you being a kid and, and being around that and how that affects you and stuff like that. Uh, I let my mom read the story and I talked to her about it because my mom was, you know, my, my uh, stepfather wasn't the best. We'll, we'll, we'll keep it like that or whatnot. And <clears throat> and I want to have stories that are grounded in reality for people to be able to relate to them. But we just use them at their at their core, and then we expand upon them with adding, you know, the comic book aspect, and you know, seeing what we can do with the characters and, and take them because this is going to be very this is going to be very heavy for a hot shot because it was it was heavy for me because after the last situation where like I literally had to stand in front of my mom with like a baseball bat and say you got to get the hell out of here or whatnot. Uh, 
I hadn't seen my stepfather. I'd seen him, seen him for like several years um, until I was like down here and I moved down here to Columbus and I saw him and like I felt a certain way about it. Like I still do. And like I still have grudges with it. And <laughs> my mom knows this or whatnot. But then that got me to thinking like, what can I do? Like it made me, it made me look at myself like how I was when I was a kid, how I was when I was a teenager and how, like, how I am now. And it made me come up with a couple questions that we explore with Hotshot in this new story arc. <clears throat> so there's a ton of uh, comic book stuff. Uh, there, there are Easter eggs in there for Danny J. Quick uh, to get a hold of. Um, we explore this whole thing with his past and um, we introduce a couple new characters as well. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a very character-driven story and, and your man's about to go through the ringer. I didn't know we could get that deep when I asked that question. My bad. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> no, it's absolutely cool because um, the story is very close to me, and, I, and it's something that I wanted to, be, I wanted to tell. And um, Victor and Danny Cooper are probably outside of Danny Day Quick are the biggest fans of the series. And you know, you know, we we talk about all the issues. You know, we have it plotted up to a hundred issues, and we're always constantly looking back where we're at and where we're going and whatnot. And when I sat down and I read all all 10 issues together, I realized something was missing. Um, I was like, oh, wait. Oh, shoot. He's getting way too comfortable with his powers and not getting his ass kicked enough. I need to reevaluate this. <laughs> That's Robert Kirkman formula right there. My, my, my hero is too comfortable right now. Let me kill somebody off or beat the shit out of him. <laughs> That's terrible, man. <laughs> listen, man, that, I, I feel that, man, because um, I think that's a great idea. And um, I think as writers, it's great to put our personal experiences in comics. I grew up with uh, with a, um, a, a situation in, in my home with my father and my mother. And, um, you know, my mom had patients that I don't think I could have as an adult. Mm-hmm. And um, and I I am going to enjoy reading that. And I can't wait to let it touch, you know, things in my memories that I don't want it to touch. Um <laughs> But is that so? Is that um that arc coming after this eleven coming after this arc, or are you doing it after zero event? Um, no, that's happening right now. So, uh, on the Kickstarter, uh, which by the way, also uh, Travis Gibb has given us the digital copy of Chitulu, um versus Oz. So when we hit ten thousand dollars, not only are you getting you're getting Chipulu versus Oz digital for free, one hundred sixty eight page award winning anthology comic book. Uh, courtesy of Travis Gibbs, but you're going to get issue 10, which is the first part in this story arc. Um, we immediately um, jump right into it with issue 10. Um, 11, 11, I'm hoping uh, it punches you in the gut because I really, you know, I love Hacha as a character, and one of my favorite things about him is that he wears his feelings on his sleeve and uh, Invincible, which I hate and love at the same time, with this cartoon. I think they explored this aspect of Mark more so in the cartoon uh, than they did in the comic book. Cause I reread it and I really don't remember them touching on it, but the actual end result of failure, mm-hmm. they really captured in the cartoon that I don't think that resonated with Mark. I don't think they did that in the comic book very much at all. Um, but the cartoon, they really pulled it out and I'm like, mother. That's what I just did with this issue. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, 
we're neither here nor there, so we're we just gonna rock with it. But uh, I I want to show that like you know our heroes, you know while they're heroes and we look up to them, they still make mistakes. They still there's still moments of half steps or second thoughts in them because they're human at the end of the day. Um, and you know I want them to fall down the shaft, and then I gotta write and figure out how to pick them back up. Now, I was doing some research on your character and I tried to deep dive into research. And usually that means I go to page two on Google. <laughs> and, and I found something that interests me in Hotshot is that he's only five foot seven, which mm. is short superhero wise. Was there a particular reason why you made him shorter than most superheroes would be? Um, yes, because I am short. Um, and the first character that got me into comic books was Wolverine. And I loved how tiny he was because uh, it was X-Men number 17. And the, the X-Men have these fantastic powers. You've got Cyclops with this uh, optic blast, this commanding leader. Iceman turns to ice. Colossus has organic metal. Beast is a beast. Psylocke is a sexy ninja. And I'm like, oh, my God. And they're getting their butts kicked by Omega Red. But the dude with the butter knives coming out of his hands Keeps getting up. <laughs> and, um, and like I'm like, oh God, he's so small. He's smaller than Jubilee. I'm like, Jesus, I want to be him. <laughs> this is this is how I want to be at school. I want people to step to me. And I'm all like, nah, bub, you don't want to do that. <laughs> so uh so there's definitely aspects of uh of, of Wolverine in Hot Shot, but I definitely want him to be short because you don't get a lot of short superheroes out there, and because I was short. No, you think it's represent? Oh, go ahead, man. Go ahead, no, go ahead. I was saying he's taking representation to another level, adding now height along with <laughs> skin color. I mean, now going to height representation. Short people need love too, man. It is, and five seven isn't really even short. Like that's not short. It, superhero wise, that's considered short. I mean, usually yeah. your superhero is six feet. I'm five seven, so I felt good when I read it. <laughs> I don't look as good as high shot, but. I got to lose some of this Corona weight, but I'm good. <laughs> He's played at six two, but a lot of that is the boots. So there you uh, go. <laughs> I, got a question. I got a question. I was reading um, issue nine, I think it was, of Hot Shot. And you know me, I'm the purple guy. So anytime anybody purple shows up, of course I pay attention. So I want to know uh, why, why did, uh, are we going to see Spectrum again anytime soon? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Spectrum is, well, He's gonna be our, our our running gag. Uh not the purple guy. Come on now. <laughs> the purple guy is always a running gag, just letting you know. Spectrum is an old character I used to have in my comic books back when they were MJW comics. And mm-hmm. uh he was he was a mainstay hero, but I felt like I kind of you know I've grown from that design and stuff. And as I was going through old artwork and stuff, I was like, oh I, I remember this guy. Let's let's pull him out and Let's uh let's see if I can let's see if I as a writer can make a joke work uh with uh Dragon Ball Z. And the colors, uh blame the colors on Veronica. Uh she she's the colorist. She picked okay. I, I gave no direction on this color. So I think it's just a coincidence that she went with purple. It's a color that we don't use a lot. It's hot shots dominated by the blues. Uh but I, I wanted to start having reoccurring, you know, minor uh villains that Hot Shot could, you know, entertain himself with and Hopefully the joke gets across uh, in the book because that's the first issue that I actually wrote of Hot Shot. Yeah, because uh, you gave my man like six panels. Like, 
he was he was in and out. I, I, you, you can't have that much purple on a comic book and have people read it. I mean, that's just too much purple. Apparently, yeah. It, it, yeah. Nope. You the only person that wants that much purple in a comic outside of Danny is uh, Prince. And, you know, he gone. So. Hey. <laughs> I love it, man. I love now, it. With Spectrum, because you were saying this is somebody that you have for a while. So that, for me, that's what's called a legacy character. Somebody mm-hmm. that you've used for decades and whatnot. How many of your characters do you have that you've been stored away that you're thinking about putting in the book really later, later on? Oh, we probably got about, um, you know, somewhere around 25 to 30 of them or whatnot that are just like back in the day, back when I was in high school, back in the beginning of college or whatnot. Um, there's still some characters that have not had enough time to be fleshed out in our um, FSK books yet or whatnot. Uh, but, you know, just teardropping these characters in where we think they can fit at, uh, giving them good spots or whatnot. Um, there's one character that we've had for a while named uh, Gravita, uh, who I've, I've designed and, and, you know, had a personal task with you and just trying to find the right book to put her in. We just introduced JFab uh, in one of our Cypher books or whatnot. Now she made her first appearance in Hotshot. Uh, so hopefully, I ask you about JFab too. <laughs> so hopefully, with the, with the content that we're going to be dropping here over the next year and a half, uh, especially with our Cipher book, we're going to see more, more new characters uh, sprinkled around the world of FSK because we we are trying to build up to our big grand event, our first huge crossover with all of our titles. <clears throat> okay, so I'm assuming then that I want to say this delicately i'm assuming that there is no plans at this point for anybody to revive short fuse uh at this point no not that i am aware of um those doors are shut uh but <clears throat> you never know uh mr sean mack could come back and just say he's ready to do it again or whatnot okay um i like jfab man uh i like the design of her she's got the purple also so you know i'm down i'm down with that and she um, was dope. She, you know, she got she got her stuff off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dayfab came in and knocked old, old big dude out. I forget his name, but uh, the big brown guy. <laughs> she uh, she got him up out of there. Um, now uh, speaking of short fuse, man, I know we. I, I just made a post today about you know the, the one thing that I regret about short fuse, but other than other than that one thing, I learned a lot. I met a lot of good people. You know. I wanted to ask you, how do you feel like, you know, your experiences with Short Fuse helped you grow as an artist, as a as a creator, as a businessman? How, how do you think it it helped you? Uh, I think it helped me out a ton. My, um, my previous publisher um, prior to Short Fuse um, dangled money and grand ideas in front of my eyes. And I was, you know, bamboozled by it. And uh and, and I, I really found that out <clears throat> as that contract wore thin. But I immediately saw the difference when I came over the short fuse, uh, when Sean specifically was talking about book sales and how they move books, production level, and all stuff, things that I, I wish I would have heard with the previous publisher that would have established more confidence in what they were doing. Um, because that was stuff that I didn't know about or whatnot. And, you know, when... Uh, Sean really called me on my stuff and asked me uh, what my audience is, how much money my audience can bring in. And I, I gleefully said, oh, 5,000, easy, you know, 5,000, no problem. 
uh, I know I got people that'll buy my stuff. And, you know, he, <clears throat> he allowed that to ride for me to see for myself that, no, we need to adjust that Kickstarter goal. All right. Mm. <laughs> need to adjust that quickly. Uh, can we take that down? Uh, I'm thinking maybe I can do a thousand. And, you know, that's Sean, something. Sean was good for that. Sean was good for letting yeah. you know what your, <laughs> what your numbers actually are, buddy. He'll, he'll definitely let you know. <laughs> I, I, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, and, and not just like, albeit uh, some of it is his opinion, he can specifically explain and dissect why he's saying what he's saying and, you know, bring a lot of validity to that conversation. And it makes me sit down and go back and look at what I'm doing <clears throat> at that time. And, you know, because I thought I had a strong comic book convention presence, I didn't realize that, yeah, I have a strong convention presence, but my convention presence isn't my social media presence. Those are two separate audiences. And uh, you know, trying to build up my audience on social media. I mean, the whole the whole me going live on Facebook was birthed out of short fuse, like me trying to build my audience and, and get people familiar with me and stuff like that. And uh, you know, having a website, a distribution system for, uh, you know, getting the books out and things, uh, all the, all the stuff that I've learned from them on Kickstarter, um, running a Kickstarter, managing a Kickstarter. Um, I learned a lot. And, you know, when he <clears throat> put me into the publisher role there, uh, I think that skyrocketed my, um, my IP, me, myself as a brand, as a person, um, when that happened and, you know, a lot more people, were aware of me because short fuse had a, a really decent sized audience on social media. So um, I, I learned a lot. I can't, I can't, can't say uh, anything less than that. How important is it for you to take the experience that you have at a convention and get that barterism basically and bring it to your social media? Cause I, like you said, I, I'm someone at a convention. I'm quiet. I sit there, I draw, I don't really have that showmanship to bring people in. How much do you feel like that's a good, basically, uh, trial ground for things that you might do in the future, like on social media or maybe new Kickstarters? Um, so the way I am at a combo convention, it basically uh, renders me that I have no embarrassment card. And I know if this stuff works <clears throat> in person, chances are it's entertaining <clears throat> on a screen when I have access to people that I don't have access to. Um, the great thing about social media is you potentially can reach every person in the world versus a convention where you're dealing with, you know, 11, maybe 15,000 people throughout a weekend. And you don't even see all those numbers. You see a percentage of those numbers. Uh, but if those people are enjoying the entertainment value and the pitching and selling that I'm doing at the show, how can I equate that to an online presence AKA you get a show like chat and go um, that has gone 150 episodes now um, in just over a year or FSK day um, where, you know, I put together with Danny Cooper, Veronica Smith, we had over 50 different uh, indie creatives appear throughout that show. Um, and we asked everybody to give us a dollar. We raised over $800 in one day, um, 12 hours of streaming. Um, or, you know, the next event that we're going to do is June 16th. We're going to be doing a backathon uh, where I'll be streaming across eight different networks. And I just, my goal is to get, I haven't picked the number yet, but let's say 100 people. We want 100 people to back the Hotshot campaign at $1. Um, we'll be initiate. we'll be um, announcing specific uh, a prize for that, that, you know, everyone that's already backed it is going to get this as well. 
Uh, but chances are I'll probably unlock the entire digital library that we have um, as an offering, but also, uh, so that's about 20 different comic books, or no, 30 mm-hmm. comic books. Plus I'm gonna add the entire FSK library for digitally backing us at a dollar, at, at a dollar or whatnot, um, just so we can get more numbers on it. That's a technique that I saw uh, Twitch, Twitchers use. Uh, you know, they go online, they'll stream for about 12 hours or whatnot, and it's just a backathon. They're just trying to get subscriptions. They, they have a goal set and they're just trying to get a bunch of subscriptions. And it really works in their audience because uh, they already have a fan base there. And then people that are already subscribed to them will give subscriptions to other people because they think this person's entertaining because they think this person's fun. Now, I have no idea if this is going to work, uh, but, you know, it's something to shoot for and try. And, you know, Danny, Lori Foster, Veronica Smith and I are trying to put together a template and things that we're going to do or whatnot. Uh, but that's the goal, trying to get, you know, at least uh, 50 to 100 people to back it at a dollar um, just so we get those numbers up. Now, Twitch, the next thing you're going to take over? Which is that? Oh, is Twitch the next thing you're going to take over? Um, I would love it. But something else that I've learned, oh, something else that I've learned is that um, I've got to understand my reach. I've got to understand my reach and volume. While I, as a creative, want to, um, oh, hold on one second. Never mind. Um, while me, as a creator, I want to reach as many, uh, you know, lanes as possible, I've got to understand my lane um if I, I i would absolutely love to take over twitch but in order for me to have the type of audience that equates my comic book stuff on twitch i would have to dedicate all my time to twitch yeah. because twitch is it, it's a thing about well a lot of stuff that we do is about consistency but what I, from what i've seen because i've partnered up with um id aka inevitably dope um Adore hannah who are their big time twitchers on Twitch, uh, and you know they have super dedicated audiences, and they got a lot of subscribers and stuff like that. But what I've noticed for them is that you know ID, for example, he streams every day at the same time every single day. Uh, and when you watch his stream, um, he has thirty to forty people hanging out with him, watching him play games. But you know he's got you know thousands of subscriptions, um, mm-hmm. so he knows you know he knows his audience. He, he hangs out with them and stuff like that. But he's done that. He to to equate that. What ID has done with Twitch is what I do with comic books. And I don't have that type of time to develop, to dedicate my comic book time into Twitch time. So I've got to find cheats and shortcuts, a.k.a. ID and Midori. Having them guest, I mean, not guest, but they're actually official host on our, our podcast show, Ages of Nerdy. Ages of Nerdy uh, was a thing I started with uh, my friend Katie May, And, you know, we were getting two to three people watching that and listening to it a week. Now we average 25 to 35 people tuning in a week. And that's not like in and out. Those people stay for the entire two hour show and, you know, they participate with us. Um, So I would love to take over Twitch, but I don't have the time or any energy to devote what needs to happen to make that happen. But I have a presence on Twitch. I have a presence on Twitter. I have a presence on Instagram. Um, So if I need to be found there, I can be found there. Um, but my main thing is making the comic books. It, which is a, a full-time job for some people. Yeah. So. 
I can't. I need to get on Twitch, man. I um, <laughs> I, just like you saying, I don't have the time to dedicate towards it. And my and I don't think my particular skill set is 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 good for Twitch. And I'm you know, but um, I know it's a expanding. It's expanding rapidly. Like and people, my kids shoot our own Twitch, watching people you know play video games and and talk about you know D and D and and building and mods and stuff like that. So, um. It's definitely a, a, a great audience and they love, you know, supporting their creator. So um, I see what you're doing with chat and draw, man. And it's that's that right there in itself, man. <laughs> it's it's amazing. Like the, the ability to do multiple shows a week. I know you're cutting it down a lot now, but just the, you know, how quickly you got to 100 episodes, man. It was it was crazy. It was crazy for me to watch, man. So bravo to you for real. Thank you. <clears throat> Yeah, and that, and that was part of that realization. Like, I was stream, I was streaming more. Um, I was every time I was streaming, I was drawing, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I wasn't drawing Acha, um, because I was drawing other people's characters or whatnot. So yeah, I'm taking, I'm still gonna do mu- uh, multiple episodes depending on like how I schedule people, or whatever. But uh, I've started uh, team, um, I guess you could say teaming up with other people that have podcasts, uh, that stream uh, on Twitch and things like that, and we've kind of like taken a specific day. Um, for each other so when our episode like chat and draw is dedicated on wednesdays uh so people know for sure that's like the one day of the week that i'm definitely doing it when i have a guest on or whatnot um while you know moana newy podcast is on thursdays unlikely hero studio presents is on mondays um i know Mar- morgan iverson is doing a new show uh he just hasn't got everything together for it, but he's uh take t- tuesdays uh we got tony clapper for five star fridays uh, so, and we're all at the same time. Uh, well, no, t- uh, Tony's at six, uh, but the rest of us are at 8 p.m. Um, so that way we don't congest each other's traffic because a lot of us share the same audience. A lot of the mm-hmm. people that like each other, they like us too. So, um, we don't want to take from each other's audience. So we've been sharing that time or whatnot. You know, if we get on, you know, then I'm watching the show, or I'm making comments, or I'm hosting it on my Twitch channel. Uh, so, but. I had to sit back and say, all right, I can only I can only for sure do a Wednesday for chat and draw and do a Friday for Agents of Nerdy. Um, I'll still stream other days, but I'm not going to stream during those times. And those won't be scheduled streams. Like I, I think I streamed uh, the last page of Hotshot I drew um, because uh, I was drawing Ironsmith on there. And so just random stuff like that. But I want to get this book out. I want um, once. So the, the whole thing with the kickstarter being out right now danny and i both agreed that once we drop this kickstarter that means that we're releasing comic books and that means that we can't miss a beat and so our objective and goal is to come out with a new book every two to three months um and once hot shots you know 10 is being colored 11 is being inked and colored right now um so i need to finish i need to finish drawing 11 so i can get into 12 because if I don't finish these books, you guys are going to be pissed uh, because of the cliffhangers. They're crazy. Uh, so I need that content to come out. But, you know, reassessing and looking at, you know, I can't even say ours. I have to say my own failures. And when I was leading FSK and, you know, trying to figure out how not to go back down those lanes, not, not making those same mistakes. Uh, and, you know, I was so clouded by the fact that, well, you know, we got Hotshot, we got Visions, we got Heroes, we got Cypher. Then I need those books, you know, when a new book comes out, you know, all the books need to come out. Like we need the new issue of Vigilance. We need the new issue of Heroes because the new issue of Hotshot came out. Um, so that that type of thinking got wiped completely. 
um, which we're focusing more on it being the FSK verse. Uh, you're mm-hmm. following the saga of freestyle comics. So whatever our current issue is, that's the book that we're focused on. So for the new releases, it's Hotshot number 10. We're not worried about the other books. So if anybody comes to the table, well, what's the new issue of, of Heroes International? You know, the new freestyle, the new FSK book is Hotshot 10. And, right. you know, uh, redone the graphics on our covers. Um, and we've actually got the reading order on the covers now um, for you to be able to read the books in the order that we intend to. Now, that's just Easter egg stuff. It's each book still is its own story. Um, mm-hmm. It has its own growth and things like that. But uh, in Danny and I's eyes, if you read the book in this order, leading up to our big event, Zero of an Emergence, you're going to get more out of it. Do you have to read all of them? No, you don't. You, if, you, if you're just a fan of Vigilance, then you're good. You can just read Vigilance or whatnot. But, you know, I like am I, a fan of Vigilance. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that, man. I think that's a great idea. And um, speaking of cliffhangers, and I'm going to lead this into uh, our quick takes. But you did, um, at the end of issue nine, something you did reminded me of, uh, like, one of the most recent episodes of My Hero Academia. So mm-hmm. um, my quick takes are all going to be My Hero Academia based, since I know you're a big fan. And I'm I'm still sort of new to My Hero. Okay? Uh-huh. So some of this stuff that I might ask might be a little spoilery because you know more about it than... um than I do and you know and you know the future of it but I don't mind that I don't mind spoilers in this case this specific case so we're going to do my quick takes and if you if you're new to the podcast um, my quick takes are five questions for our uh, esteemed guests and um, you get one or what are we doing 45 seconds you get 45 seconds to answer um, Kyron is gonna play a little sound after I ask you the question and you get 45 seconds Right off the top of your head, you got to go for it. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right. So question number one, and all these are going to be My Hero Academia based. So tell me, who was your favorite character in My Hero Academia outside of the big three, which is Midoriya, uh, Bakugo, and Todoroki? I think those are the big three. So outside of those three, big three, who's your favorite character and why? Mm. Uh, that's such a good question and that's worded correctly um, I don't remember all their names but my favorite character outside of Big Thumb I believe um, the dude with the, that's huge yellow like a round big teddy bear who absorbs the and redistributes oh yeah I know you're talking about you're talking about the sugar, sugar. Yeah, no not the sugar guy he's, he's got like a I love him he, I love his design and his power because I thought when he was I a, talks to the animals, Twitter. Nope. Maybe he hasn't been. Oh, maybe he hasn't been introduced in the cartoon, in the in the anime yet. But uh, he's just a big round ball, and like his head is almost shaped like the juggernaut. And you think he's just super strong. Fat gum. Fat gum. Yeah. Fat gum. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fat. Oh, yeah. When they um when they were fighting uh when they were going after the league, there was a uh, that 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 was dope. Yeah. That, that's dope. Okay, question number two. Um, this l- recent episode, not this week's episode, but last week's episode, um, Deku found out that he's going to be getting the powers of all the previous, uh, <laughs> all the previous wielders of uh, One for All. So my question to you is: Deku OP? Deku is what Deku needs to be. Your man said at the beginning of the show, "This is my story." how I became the world's number one hero. 
There had to be some facts behind it. You don't start an intro off like that. Like, you the number one hero? You gonna be the number one hero? And this is how, this is his tale. This is how he comes there because he's got all the powers. I thought that was great. Uh, I know some people may not like it. He may he have too, he has too many powers and whatnot. I, I don't care. Deku is Deku and he needs to ride out. Number one hero. I'm for it. I'm down for it, man, because I, I think, uh, um, what is it? All for one, like I said, the your end of um, the end of Hot Shot Nine reminded me of this recent episode where they showed, like you know he's coming back, like you know he's gonna come back and he's gonna be trouble. So, ain't nobody right now that can stop him. Like, <laughs> ain't nobody, ain't nobody right now that can stop him if, when he decides to get out. So Deku gonna need them powers. He gonna need them. Absolutely. Um. And that's what's so great about the series, man. Um, I, I'm think the, where I'm at reading it, it feels like it's coming to an end in the same way that the Naruto story came to an end, and it took a little break, and then it came back as Naruto Shippuden. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that's the feeling I'm get, I'm getting. That's my theory. That like they are going to end this saga. They may take a break and come back as you know older, an older generation of heroes or whatnot, but. Uh, so much stuff is happening right now. It's just so intense. I'm like, yes, he absolutely does need these powers. And and Deku, in the same vein of Naruto, it's a it's a, it's a series you have to ride with it to start getting your your roses and 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 really enjoying it. The payoffs, the payoffs are all there. Naruto was Naruto. I I got shamed in my small anime community because I was the first one saying, look, Naruto is better than Dragon Ball Z. Naruto overtook Dragon Ball Z for me probably 100 episodes into Shippuden or something like that. And I was like, oh, yo, I, this... I absolutely, I agree. I was like, bro, like when they got to Rock Lee, like characters like Rock Lee and Shikamaru, like psh, their stories, like their backgrounds in there. Why are you looking like that, Kyron? What is, what is it? <laughs> I can't get into Naruto. I, I watched oh, I watched maybe six, seven episodes of it and I was like, I can't. I just I, what? Okay. Cause I couldn't get into it too. I thought it was trash. Until until you find the episode of Naruto that converts you, it's gonna be like that for me. And it was the Rock Lee episode where he took the weights off. And I that was what pulled me in and made me sit down. I actually do like that episode because of Rock Lee. I like Rock Lee, but the rest of Naruto, I'm like, y'all can just Pick rocks on that. Um, <laughs> I, I if it was all Brock Lee, though. I'll watch it. It's it's everybody has a different episode to where they you know where they're hooked. Mine was when Naruto finally Naruto finally got the um he summoned the the toad. Uh, what was it? Uh, uh when he Hi. finally summoned the toad to fight against um Gara. I was like, okay, like we getting it. But um, yeah. So I'm, I'm with you. So uh, quick My take. Whole family question. watches Naruto, but me, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a great anime man it's just, it's just great and then i hit it during that time where i had time to watch consistently but anyway uh quick take question number three so anime all right my kids all watch anime and i watched anime growing up but as an adult you notice things that you didn't notice as a kid or you knew to notice but it's a different perspective right so my me and my wife i put on invincible and me and my wife were watching it and the kids were coming in because they were like, oh, what's this? They talk about, you know, sex in there. They talk about all this other stuff. And they were like, oh, no, they can't. My wife was like, they can't watch this. And I was like, you know, they watch anime, right? Like, you know, they watch 
you know <laughs> the, the animes that they watch talk about all this stuff but there's a trope in anime where there's always this one really pervy character right and mm-hmm. in my hero that character is Mineta. yeah so <laughs> what do you think about these anime tropes and how do you um you know do you let your kids watch anime as a you know, because I'm, I'm sure you watched stuff growing up. I know we watched Dragon Ball Z and Naruto had uh, Pervy Sage. Literally, Pervy Sage was, was what they called him. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you let your kids watch anime? And what do you think about that as an adult? Uh, yeah, all my kids watch um, I do, uh, I do kind of monitor what they watch. Um, I know anime has, has some stuff in it. Uh, we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty open with it. Um, there's a lot of anime that they watch. Now, if I... If, I do monitor what they watch. If I see something that's too too much, I will say, "Yeah, you guys switch that. You're not ready." Um, but there's not too much that you know. I say that too. They don't watch things out of pocket. Um, but we we all watch Invincible. Um, so, and I think Invincible is a great story. I'm very I'm very much attached to that story or whatnot. But then, so he's a hilarious character. Uh, I absolutely think he's uh, hilarious. I, I love him, um, and I love him because of his perfect ways. But uh, you know, here's what it is. <laughs> I actually started cheering for Manetta in the um in the exams portion at that one part, and I was like, "Bruh, Manetta's Manetta's weird, but you know that great brush. You got to, I mean, you got to develop that power. And the power is like, so how can you use this to be strong? <laughs> like, but whatever. Well, you saw him the last episode, right? Where he's bouncing off his own balls yeah. everywhere. That was yeah, yeah. I was like, it's oh, they stick to everyone else, but I bounce off. Yeah. Okay. All right, Manetta. I'm, I'm starting to, to cheer for you a little bit. You little pervert. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's just hilarious watching him work because he is the com- um, comedic relief or whatnot. Yeah. Right? Um, but you know, there's that's the thing. That's what I like about My Hero Academia versus Dragon Ball Z is they make you like all the damn characters to some degree. Mm-hmm. People that you think are just throwaway characters are not throwaway characters because they all get a focus episode or whatnot. And, um, they're very good at making bringing the potential out of a character. Yeah, how can you I'm not cheer for a guy them. walking around in a diaper trying to fight crime? That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Um. All right. So, quick take number. What is this? Number four. Okay. So, um, vigilance is one of my favorite characters in the um hot job verse. But I think anywhere else, vigilance would be a villain. So, if villain is uh. <laughs> One one of my favorite things about My Hero is that all the villains have these crazy, grandiose themes, right? They all have this big purpose behind what they're doing. They all have these monologues that they speech off. So if Vigilance was a villain in My Hero Academia, what would be her theme and what would she want to do to take over the world? Uh, Well, Vigilance... I don't don't know. Y'all haven't read the first thing. Uh, Well, you have been uh, but if Vision was a thing, a villain, she would just want to bring desolation and destruction. Mm. And she could do I, it too. Huh? She could do it too. She could do it too. Uh, she would want to cause suffering uh, because that is what she gets stronger off of. Uh, basically, just bringing shadow and darkness to the light. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I can already see it coming. But I'm ready for Hot Shot versus Vigilance, bro. Whenever it happens, I'm ready for it. Because Hot Shot's clearly stronger than Void. Like, she gets stronger. Like you just said, she gets stronger when whoever she's fighting is getting beat. She gets stronger, it seems like. 
So I can't wait for Hot Shot versus Vigilance because he there's no way that he should be able to beat her. So, <laughs> however, whatever deep light fire inside of him that he has to dig to to get, hey, I'm ready for that, bro. I'm ready for it. Oh, it's so much fun. That? <laughs> you can tell me if you want, man. You can go ahead and let me, let me in on the secrets if you want, you know. Yeah, it's just us. Spoiler, so. <laughs> I love how Danny just keeps that guys under his, under his. Underneath them, just always ready to pull it out. Spoiler, right there. It's right there if you want it. But all right, my last quick take. All right, so My Hero Academia, I feel like there's tragedy coming. I feel like somebody, there was, there's tragedy. Um, I want to say Lemillion's story was so sad. Like, you know, what happened to him was so sad. But I think one of the characters is going to die. One of the main characters, or at least, uh, 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 one of the classmates in 1A will die. And maybe you already know because you've read farther ahead, but pick one pick one of those characters to die from class 1A and um, and tell me why, they, why their story would bring the class together. Oh, man. Damn. Uh, any, any person in class A could bring the class together. Anybody would because they've all had signature moments. Um, they've all persevered through, you know, challenges, and, you know, pain. Um, they've rallied together so many times. They, they are that whole squad is ride or die. They are, they are the Fast and Furious family of anime. And if anybody in there goes down, it would like you hurt anyone on there. They're all coming together like fucked up. You know that, right? You just, it's done. Yeah, it, I, I couldn't pick a person. It would just be anybody on in that class because they are all down for each other. I, I, you know what? Bakudo. I always pronounce his Man. name. If him, I think they would go belligerent. And like I think they would show the most emotion for him. Yeah. We're not even gonna include Deku in this. Just because Bakudo's such an a-hole or whatnot, uh, I think the class would go crazy if if he died. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, on TikTok. There were, people were going crazy just because uh, Bakugo showed a little bit of character development. Like he said, from from him, like I'm gonna beat all you a holes. To uh, what did he say? You, I'll watch your back, and you watch my back. That was the only thing he changed. Like <laughs> that, he moved that little inch, and people were like, "Oh, Bakugo's the Bakugo's the greatest." Bakugo became the greatest when Eraserhead was talking about him. When Eraserhead was talking about him to the newscaster and said, "If you knew him the way that I knew him." He would no way in the world he would ever become a villain. And then right at that same line, your boy had the perfect opportunity to turn villain. Yeah. And he said, I'll beat all you jerks. <laughs> and I was like, Bakudo, you're talking young smack right now, son. You're surrounded. <laughs> that room is small. You you got to chill out. But my man said, no, he wants all the smoke. He don't, care take it smoke. All, he don't care if it's Godzilla smoke. He don't care if it's mouse smoke. He wants it all. That, that is the moment where I fell in love with Bakuda right then and there. And I said, they could have did the obvious thing and make this dude a villain and made him Deku's rival. And they just reignited his hero ship. Yeah. Nobody else in the class could have did that but him. That moment true. the hardest moment in my hero. Very true. I, and I thought they were going to, I thought they were obviously going to, you know, make him become a villain. I was like, this is going to be, it's gonna be uh, Naruto and Sasuke all over again. He's gonna go dark and 
you know, the whole series is going to be them trying to get back, um, you know, but, but I'm glad they didn't. I love, I love that moment too. Tangles. Well, that was it for me, man. I appreciate that. That was a good, that was like the best uh, quick take so far. I I like that, man. That was cool. (laughs) That's a good little heater. I like that. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. Got to take a moment. <laughs> no, I mean, because he gets on my nerves. I was like, dude, yeah. would you just shut up? Would you, like, get off of Deku's back, man? Like, I hated Bakudo. And then in that moment, when he stood up to all the villains, these wasn't some scrub-ass villains. Nah, they weren't scrubs no. either. <laughs> this was all, like, the inner circle, like, if my man touches you, you disintegrate. Literally. But <laughs> he's the villain. And Deku, I mean, Bakudo's just there like, I want the smoke. Bring it. <laughs> Give me all of it. <laughs> legit, legit. I don't know. Yeah, I think Bakudo's a good character. I, I, I'm, I'm down with that. I, he got on my nerves. A lot of, all of them get on my nerves. Like, Naval Laser. Naval Laser, laser gets on my nerves, too. <laughs> um, Even, um, what's his name? Not Hawks. What's the... Dark Shadow. Dang, what's his name? Oh, I know you're talking oh, about. He gets, um, he gets on my nerves too, because I feel like he could be so powerful. He could be so powerful, but he's scared. Like he's scared that the power is gonna overtake him. But I'm like, okay. But I, I like his design. I like his uh, his quirk. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, cool. I, I was I was thinking you were gonna say Uraka would be your choice, Michael. Honestly. Mm. Oh yeah, your gravity does. Yeah. She holds everybody together. I mean, yeah. she's the soul outside of Deku. She's the soul of the whole class winning. Yeah. Or um or Ida. Ida dies. That would be tough too. I think you're right though. Like all of them, everybody in the class has a like a special moment. Even like Yao Rose, like her, she, you know, uh her and uh Todoroki, you know, their little bond and stuff. It's just a great anime. It's just a great it anime. Is. It is, man. And um, that's what I've always said, like <laughs> I read it faithfully every week. Um, My Hero Academia has reinvigorated the 90s kid in me and what superheroes always were and what they are supposed to be at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong, I enjoy, you know, the darker takes. I enjoy, and well, Invincible is still the greatest comic book that's ever been made. Um, I I get a kick out of the boys. Um, You know, there are some very good stories, but, you know, at the end of the day, I still want a section or a place I can go and just see heroes be heroes and that's that undying will to do what's right because it's right because it's in their system to do that thing and to do everything in their power broken arm twerp uniform busted blood gushing out you know to fight until their last breath like Deku you know he you know he makes these epic ass speeches all the time you know he's you know he wants to be uh, All Might or you know he wants to be just as good as All Might and you would think it's corny, but it's not. It is not. And like, when you, ooh, I can't wait till y'all see Deku at issue 300. That boy's a problem. I got to start reading I'm, it now. I got to start reading it now. I don't know. I think we should have made a poll about My Hero Academia. Yeah. We, <laughs> I mean, there's so much of this episode about it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe we should switch it up. Let's make it happen. It's a, right. it's, a it's another big influencer. Like, if, if you ask me to tell you those things, like, Naruto is obviously a huge influence. Invincible is a huge influence. Wolverine is the catalyst. Uh, Spider-Man is the foundation. Um, but as I, you know, grow as a writer, 
um, or creator, and you know, my fandom has expanded. My Hero Academia is like the, those those big hit moments, those character moments, the the ability to make everybody important um, mm-hmm. and matter is just it's just so well done. Um, Deku as a character is just dope. You know that driven non that non deterrent unstoppable spirit that he has all might you know is incredible all might's a great character you know he has you know what he's going through what not's really cool the rivalry the, you know the pushing all it's just there's a lot of points there that are just so good about it well let me see uh, as far as because we're talking about influencers and schooling things like that i want to talk about you and being a teacher and, and teaching I assume it's children. I don't know if maybe you do adults too, but <laughs> but teaching just art and, and comic book. Like, how did you get into that? Um, I've always worked with kids ever since I was back in high school. I used to do summer programming um, and stuff like that. And I remember me and one of my you know brothers back home in Cleveland. We were we were working with kids in the summer program, and I've just been doing it ever since then. Uh, it really took a catalyst or became its own uh, when I moved down here to Columbus and I was working at the boys and girls club for the summer. And I was doing, I was doing the art program for them. And um, that led me to, to really be able to actually come up with lesson plans and come up with stuff that I thought was fun is cool. And, you know, not do any of the stuff that I disliked in art that I thought was boring and lame, Um, like crafting, I'm not knocking crafting, but crafting's not for me. All right, um, I don't, I don't want to do craft art. I want to do some. I want to do real art, and um, I wanted to do. I wanted to show them art that actually is in life. Like, you know, <clears throat> I got promoted to the art director of the Boys and Girls Club, so I was over all the Boys and Girls Club for Columbus, and so I re- I got to redo the whole art program. So like, my summer program was I taught us how to make samurai armor out of cardboard. But in order to do that, we learned about samurai. And, you know, then you had to, you know, we learned about clans. Um, then you had to make a clan. You had to come up with your colors. You had to come up with the history of your clan. And, you know, then you had to look at different types of armor. And, you know, we made that armor out of cardboard. We spray painted and airbrushed that armor. We did the photo shoot with the armor, you know, weapons and all that stuff. We did that for a whole month. Uh, then the next month was um, we made a movie. We made a Star Wars movie. Uh, with lightsabers I, I had one of my friends from college come in you know he shot it we edited it together uh, we did you know we did stunt rehearsals uh, every day we had lightsaber practice uh, we did you know scripting um, we did the whole thing made a movie from scratch because I wanted them to see that you did not have to um, that was one of the things that always bothered me in art classes that there were people that didn't know how to draw or you know they said they can't draw so I wanted to make my art classes incorporate as much of non-drawing stuff as possible. Like you don't have to be able to draw to be a creative, to be an artist. Um, and then my last month was hip hop. We made our own hip hop albums. Mm. So I had people come in and teach the kids break dancing. Some of them shot music videos. We showed them how to make, do graphic design and make their own album covers. They went and recorded tracks and made music and stuff like that. Um, so all this stuff, all these different things, these were all things that were in the art field that these kids could do. You can be a graphic designer. You can, you can do, obviously, you can be a rapper, you can be a singer, you can be a choreographer, you can learn how to dance and make money off of dancing, you can break dance, you can be a photographer and do photo shoots, you can be a casting director, you can be a writer, you can be a director, you can be a stunt person, you can be like all these different things that do not involve drawing, these are all creative 
art things. And I wanted a way to make sure all the kids got involved. Um, and just, I've been doing it ever since then. This will probably be the longest stint that I haven't done it because um, of the pandemic or whatnot. But, you know, I was at Picktown Artworks and I had a digital art class, had a comic book class, had um, all types of stuff and was teaching up there and having a good time doing it. I tried to do some teaching streaming, but it just it just got to be too much and I had to cut things out um, to make room for other things. Well, you're really the first artist that we've had on the show. I mean, we had everybody else that we've had has been writers at this point outside of Eric Cockrell from Essence House, who does art. You're the first true artist um, that I think we, we can really say. Um, and you have a very unique style in, your, in the way you draw. During my deep diving of page two of Google, I, I, found a, uh, I found a video of you from, I think it was eight years ago, nine years ago, when you were running an Indiegogo. And you talked about, and I had never heard of the story until I saw this video, but you talked about how you were going to cons and showing your artwork and showing your stuff to different um, editors. And one of the editors told you that your style was just too urban, mm -hmm. quotation mark, um, for Marvel at the time. How much does that influence what you're still doing today? Just that rejection of saying, you know what, my style was good enough, but just wasn't what they really wanted. Um, it's, uh, it's the spark <laughs> that, that started everything I did. Still to this day, it still sparks you though? Yeah. Cause like, if that conversation doesn't happen, then I don't, I don't feel like a loser and go home and soak all day and bitch to my friends about it and then wake up the next day and say, I'm going to do freestyle comics. Mm -hmm. Like if that doesn't happen, freestyle comics doesn't happen because I get up the next day and I say, well, I'll make Marvel and DC come to me with my urban style and I'll, I'll just make my own comic and that's where Hotshot gets started. That's where that's where Hotshot takes life, rather, because I've always worked on that character since I've been in high school or whatnot, and that's when he really started taking shape and form um, by you know trying to make it into a comic book or whatnot. But um, because like I want to make sure I may not have been as big of an advocate for it back then, or even as aware of it as I am now, but. I knew that I wanted people to be able to see themselves. And it wasn't a big thing for me because I went to a college where it was super diversified. Like Columbus, Ohio is a melting pot. You know, it's got one of the biggest colleges of all time there, the, the Ohio State. So we are getting people from all over the world coming down here to live in the city. Um, and it's the same way with the art school, Columbus College of Art and Design. It's one of the top five art schools in America. So we're getting people all over the world coming here and we're all in a dormitory. So when I'm, when I'm going to school, when I'm going to class, when I'm in my dorm room or we're out in the lobby chilling, I'm not just seeing one type of people. I'm seeing all types of people. So when I'm drawing my comic books, I'm drawing all types of people because that's what I'm drawing. That's, that's what I'm experiencing. I'm drawing my life. Um, so the more and more that becomes <clears throat> a, a realization, the more and more that I, you know, I focus on it. And now somebody asked me the other day on, the, on one of the other shows I was on, um, they asked me how much of a, you know, how important is that is, is it to it? And I was like, well, it's, it's not our focus. It's just how it is. It's how the book started. The, the main character is a black character. It's a person of color um, because I've always wanted to be a superhero. But then, you know, when I look around at the table that, you know, that I, they, you know, I have all these fandoms that I love, no, no knock against them. I love them. I absolutely do. But how many of those are leading people of color? How many of those characters are, 
female characters that have their own anime or their own, you know, mainstream comic book that's doing numbers. Um, it's more apparent now, you know, with the last couple of years or whatnot, but that wasn't something that I saw. When I, you know, play video games and you get to make, create a character, I always made a, I always made a, a woman because there was plenty of games with a man in them. I, 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 saw, I saw all those. Except for Mass Effect. I did create myself. Oh, yeah. Danny Cooper still freaked out by that. Uh, cause, uh, Mass Effect was a good game. That's a good Mass series. It's an amazing game. But, you know, I worked real hard to get that romantic relationship. And when I got it, because I used to live with Danny <laughs> Cooper, and when I got it, I was like, Danny! Danny, come here! Do it down right now, baby! And Danny came in the room. He's like, what's happened? I was like, I got it. And Danny was like, oh, the you, y'all are getting together. I was like, yeah, look, man, it's happening right now. And he was like, and then Danny started freaking out, like, oh, God, it's, That's disgusting. it's you. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't watch this. <laughs> oh, bruh, that's, hey, that's hilarious, because I know exactly what part you're talking about in the game, too. Like, <laughs> I could imagine having a roommate and saying, this is my character that I've created to be romantically involved with this alien character. And... <laughs> bro, oh, it's amazing. That so game was great. Still freaks Danny Cooper out. He's, he, he will always have a story about it. Still bothers him or whatnot. But, <clears throat> um, but I <clears throat> But seeing those things and being more apparent with them, um, you know, having it happen, um, it, it was always in me. I, I want to say just because, like, that's just how I am. I want to see, like, I don't want to see the same thing. Like, I just watched Infinite on. Um, Paramount Plus, spoilers, sorry. You, you won't be mad at me if I spoil it anyway because it's trash. Um, I'm not watching it. Uh, it's just Hollywood can't keep making these movies with no heart. And like I, and I'll die on this mountaintop. I absolutely love Fast and Furious. The Infinite tried to be Fast and Furious, but Infinite doesn't have any heart. The, the, none of the characters I believe in in that movie. And then... I feel like it's just kind of disrespectful to have a character that keeps reincarnating as a person of color from throughout all of history, but then all of a sudden, when we do the movie about the person, it's a white guy. I like Mark Wahlberg. He's funny. He's a great entertainer. But like that just really bothered me. Like all the back, you know, except for one one other character, he was white too, but all the all of his past lives, excluding these most two recent ones, were people of color. And then the bad guy was a black guy. And this, I can't remember his name, but this is, is a really dope actor. He, he, I love him. And this is the first role that I've seen him in that I didn't like him in because it's just, it's, it's these little subconscious things that, you know, that, yeah, it's little and petty at first, but then you start seeing a trend in these movies and it's like, guys, y'all got to stop doing this. You, you, you just have right. to stop like big special effects, big stunts and, you know, um, that that can't carry a movie anymore. The reason it works with Fast and Furious is because you love the people, you love the cast, and it has heart. I can excuse everything they're doing. I know Vin Diesel can't do any of that shit. I know all that stuff is ridiculous. I know it's over the top, but damn it, he says family and we yeah. ride. That's it. <laughs> You're all like, let's go. Families, <laughs> right up. I've bought into the universe, and for and then this Infinite movie took, um. What is it? Altered Carbon, which mm-hmm. Altered Carbon 
corrected his own mistakes in the second season. I, I like the second season just as much as I like the first season. And I feel like they course corrected things and made it, you know, better. But like, it's like, why? So like, basically my movie tastes now are just, it's so much harder now. Like for me to go to the movie theaters for a movie, you got to do more. Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. you got MCU, you got me. I'm going to the movie theaters. Cruella DeVille was better than Infinite. Like mm. much better. It was solid though. Cruella was solid. It was it was a great movie. And I went to that movie because, you know, I have kids, but I ended up winning. Infinite would have been something I would have went to the theaters to see. I mean, thank mm. you, Paramount Plus, for putting it on the streaming service so I could watch it. Cause I would have been pissed if I went there because it was so mundane. All the one-liners didn't hit. All the, the action to me didn't hit because I'm like, I don't believe Mark Wahlberg in this role. Mark Wahlberg usually Mark Wahlberg usually does does pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, but, but he oh. was doing shit outside of his lane. And this oh, yeah. he was doing heroic outside of his lane in this one. Um That's Mark Wahlberg movie I liked was uh with him and Andre three thousand. Was that brothers, Brother, brothers, yeah. something like that? Four yeah. brothers. I just watched it the other day. Yeah, four brothers, that's right. That was the last movie I've seen with him. I was like, this is a good movie. He did another he did a movie for Netflix with old boy from um Black Panther. Uh, uh but it was good, and that 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 fit a Mark Wahlberg role. I like Shooter. Shooter's my favorite Mark Wahlberg Wahlberg movie. Which one? Shooter. Shooter. Shooter is good, but it's just like y'all can't like Hollywood. Your formula, and don't get me wrong, right? I know new movies are coming out. I know more TV shows are coming out that are that are adding that variety, that are adding that diversity um, lens to it or whatnot, and doing it in the right way. Um, but I see why some of these shows are coming straight to streaming. Mm-hmm. And it may be that Hollywood is is you know getting a glimpse and aware like uh, it's 2021. This movie, this is not. No one's gonna go see this to the degree we want to see in a movie theater. Let's send this right to us a, a streaming. Bro, it's a. I went. We went to the theater to see A Quiet Place Two. This is the first time we've been back to the theater mm-hmm. since the pandemic, right? It cost us 150 dollars to go see a yeah. movie for the six of us. I would much the movie and the movie was good. The movie yeah. A Quiet Place Two was solid. But well, I'm not seen it yet. I'm oh, they all die. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> they, they uh but I'm not paying $150 to go to go see half of these movies that are coming out that I can watch on Netflix yeah. or Paramount Plus or HBO Max. I'm not doing it. But and then at the same time, a lot of people are complaining that Disney's charging $30 for a movie that you don't get to eat. Uh, that's like, nothing. When you have more than two people you take in the theater, that's nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, are you guys? Are we really looking at the cost of this? You're talking mm-hmm. about gas. You're talking about the movie tickets. And if you Popcorn. if you buy tickets online, there's a fee for buying them online. Then you're talking about food, snacks. If you're going out for the whole thing, like that's more than thirty dollars. Yeah. And when you go to the movie theaters to spend that money, you don't own the movie anyway. You're not getting to kick that movie. You get one time. Hey. <laughs> Black Widow, I'm watching right there in my little room, in my room over there. I'm watching it right online. Mm-hmm. Black Widow, I might go to the theater for. I'm still debating on that one. I yeah. do want to see Quiet Place. Quiet Place, I got stuff about that. But, you know, now that I know Danny J. Quick saw it, then me and him are going to get online and talk about that. Yeah, y'all can do that afterwards or something without <laughs> me because I, I don't. <laughs> but so, so here's the thing. While I have issues with Quiet Place, Quiet Place is still a good movie. Mm-hmm. Good acting. Okay. I believe everyone in their role. Overall, it's a good story. It's just, you know how when you watch horror movies 
and you say if they do this one thing, mm-hmm. then the whole movie's over and they're, and they're saved. Well, there's a point in Quiet Place where if they do this one thing, they get a whole nother movie. I feel like they forced a movie that they wanted instead of the movie that they should have done. Hmm. Yeah, I'd like to talk about that because the sec I thought that about the second movie, but I won't. You know, I won't say anything. But the second movie, I thought that same thing because, well, not necessarily that, but if this thing would actually happen, then it would have changed the whole. But yeah, I'm with you. All right, I'll go watch Quiet Place this weekend or something. I wanted to go, but nobody in my house wants to watch it with me. So, but then again, that movie is also that movie was enough to get me to go to the movie theaters to go see it. Yeah. I enjoyed the first one. That's why I want to go see the second one in the theater. I'm I'm very particular about you know what movies I go to go see now versus yeah. staying at home and watching on streaming service. But it's just like this same formula can't continue to happen anymore. Like you you guys like we can't keep putting up the same stuff. Like you can't just think that because you got an A star actor action star in this movie and then you got you know 13 dope special effects and you know 16 dope stunts. And then uh, an okay storyline that you stole from other storylines, and like that's going to cut it anymore. Like it, it's not. Yeah. <clears throat> you got was... anything else for? Her? I'm done. I didn't realize we just sitting on here just yeah. talking. We all here just taking up Mike's time. <laughs> we just out here talking about everything. So um, that's it for me. I appreciate okay. y'all, man. I appreciate y'all. Well, you got anything else? I do have one thing, and. Since Mike is the host of Chat and Draw, if you haven't watched any of Chat and Draw, I highly recommend them. They're entertaining, they're fun, and Mike always produces amazing, um, amazing artwork. Um, I had this notion to actually do a Chat and Draw for this episode for you, Mike, uh, just to see you could see how it's like. Um, but unfortunately, family stuff came up, and I just, I just didn't have the energy to do it, unfortunately. Um, but I did start it, and I want to show you what I got to now. You let me know what you think here. So this is, and for everybody that's not watching the video, this is, hopefully you guys can see this. Oh, wow. I started off with uh, a little headshot of Mike Watson's hotshot. He was a little battered, a little bruised. Um, I was going to color it up and everything, but just life got in the way, so... Hopefully, I did you some justice. I don't know. Oh, no, you did. Hey, just go ahead and ink that. I'll, I'll give Veronica the color. <laughs> I like it. All right. Yeah, if, that's if, what we're talking about, baby. That's how we like hot shot. Battered and bruised. <laughs> Battered and bruised. Well, if my life comes back to a point where I can uh, get back to this, I will definitely finish it. It's just personal things came up and slowed me down, but I will finish this as, when I can. I like the oh, little no, snot, yeah, the little snot dribble coming out right there. I like yeah, that. You, you like that? Huh? The snot out of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not as fast as Mike. When he uh, like, I have no idea how you were able to bust out Mike's an image in like an hour while talking and, and interviewing people. I can do that. This has taken me like two hours so far, just this point. So. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Uh, it's if I have to equate it to anything, it's it's from comic book conventions and. Um, back in high school, we carried around our uh, sketchbooks and we battled. Like you had to be ready to battle at a moment's notice. Like if somebody called you out, you had to just throw down immediately at that spot, whatever it is. Somebody, you know, somebody would like everybody kind of knew the rules. So whoever was around kind of just knew if a battle happened, they would just be the ref. And you know, mm-hmm. you, they come up with something for you to draw, and you have to draw it in that moment. I've seen you and you and Ren do that online a couple of times. 
That's cool. And then that yeah, call, I really don't want to take commissions home back to the hotel room with me. So I'll be trying to get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun, Mike. I'm, I'm glad you were able to join us. Um, I, I wish we had time, uh, but I know you're a busy man. And, and you know, Danny's always busy. He's got family for some reason that he wants to spend time with. But before we let you go, we do want to make sure that you get your link out to where people can check out your Kickstarter. So if you don't mind dropping that so everybody can know where it is. And your social medias. Absolutely. We'll get to that. You, you, you're messing me up, man. You're messing me up. Kickstarter is more important right now, all right? <laughs> I want free comics. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you can get to the Kickstarter, the Hot Shot Collection, um, numbers one through eight at freestylecomics, K-O-M-I-C-S dot net. Um, we'll take you right to our Kickstarter. Uh, we are just 8,000. We're 8,500 right now, trying to get to that next stretch goal to 9,000. Um, there there's a ton of stuff. There's a ton of stuff on this Kickstarter. We got stuff for old fans of Hotshot. We got stuff for new fans of Hotshot. We've got stuff on here for hardcore combo collectors. We've got stuff for new combo collectors. We've got stuff for casual combo collectors. Um, if you're into art, original art from comic books, we've got that type of stuff. Uh, if you're into variant covers, we got that. If you are trying to catch up on the entire FSK library, we have that option as well. Uh, so please go check out the Kickstarter. We've got uh, like 12 or 13 days left on it. Uh, if we hit 10,000, uh, you get Cthulhu versus Oz, 168 indie all-star award-winning comic book, digital version, and you were giving away Hotshot 10. The brand new issue of Hotshot 10, um, never released before, first part in our story uh, called Unforgiven, um, part one of four. So please check that out. Uh, if you don't have any money to uh, back it, that's cool. I appreciate you anyway. Go ahead and go over there and give me a share. Share us out to your network to as many people as you can. That is just as valuable as funds being put on there. Um, and and I, I might add, even if you don't have a lot of money, just donate a dollar because that $1 still sends that notification out to everybody that follows you on Kickstarter that you backed something. It doesn't yep. tell them how much you backed, but even that $1 sends you out to maybe 10, 15 other people that might be interested in it. Yeah. Um, all that's appreciated. Like I said, June 16th, we're doing a backathon. Um, so we'll be online. Um, what from six o'clock to midnight, trying to get as many backers as we can literally just backing for a dollar. We'll have um, exclusive stuff that we're giving out for you guys for doing that or whatnot to spread the word. And um, I've learned this thing about branding, uh, being a part of Short Fuse Media Group. Uh, so you can literally catch me on all social media platforms as Most Epic Art. Um, if some of you are asking, well, what, what's Most Epic Art? Uh, it is Most Enthusiastic Person in Comics, which is my moniker, uh, my stage name and things like that. So Most Epic, uh, Most Epic Art on all social media platforms. Very nice. Danny, where can we find you and your amazing work? Um, everywhere, the Ace Blade. That's TikTok, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. The Ace Blade at the Ace Blade, and you'll find the Purple Ninja Dude. What about you, I just realized that you were you were sporting a Concrete Comics shirt, man. That's nice. It's it's they got the nice soft soft cotton. I mean, if I had my I wear I've worn my uh, Hot Shot Nike uh, shirt probably like <laughs> three times a week, bro. Like I love that shirt. Um, but you know, I had I had to throw on something. I got all these uh these uh indie comics shirt company shirts, so I sport them all week. So make sure you wash it, please. Wash. <laughs>
Wow. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, if you want to find me, you can find me at TaurusComics.com. Um, I'm also on Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr, I think, at Taurus Comics. Um, you can find me on TikTok and at Twitch at Kyren49. Um, if you want to catch up on any of our previous episodes of this podcast, you can go to fourtalespodcast.com. That's number four, T-A-L-E-S podcast.com. You can find links to all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and even our Patreon. So if you want to help support this podcast and maybe see some behind the scene video of us and again, a Manny, uh, Danny's amazing purple wall. Go online and become a Patreon subscriber. Um, we will do our best to send out Michael's links to his uh, his thongs. There, that sound like I said thongs. <laughs> Let me redo it. We will do our best to send out all the links that Michael posts about his backerthon and his Kickstarter. We will make sure we link that in the pod notes here. But thank you, gentlemen, for being part of this. Uh, anything else you guys want to say before we leave? I want to say thank you for allowing me on your platform and asking really good questions. Uh, this has been a great, this is a great format you guys have set up here. I've really enjoyed the conversation. So I, I do appreciate you guys letting me on here to play in your world and get access to your audience and things like that. So just thank you. I'm glad to have you on here, man. Thank you. Thanks for coming on, man. All right, everybody. We'll take care. Uh, sign out. Goodbye. And please take care of yourselves. And we will see you next time. Music provided by Quick Made It. That's Q U I X K M A D E I T. Find them on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Are you interested in getting an episode of Foretales Podcast before everybody else? While getting a video behind the scenes of what happens with each of our interviews? Well, now you can. By supporting us through Patreon, you can actually get every episode of the Foretales Podcast one day earlier. You can also get video of what happens at each of our sessions for only a couple dollars more. So if you want to help support and make this podcast even better, go to patreon.com slash 4 today and choose your tier.